Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Fortress Podcast. I am Caleb, here with you again for another week's episode. Uh, real quick, I just want to start off by apologizing for no episode on Friday. Um, sort of the brief explanation is I was working on something. I was actually working on a commentary for The Flash. Um, but um, things fall through. I made the mistake of filming or uh, trying to record that Friday night. And when just some difficulties got in the way, I ended up not having nearly as much to say as I had hoped, and there ended up being way too much dead space, um, I just decided to scrap it, um, but of course, recording that on Thursday night, I ended up not having any time at all to come up with something else to do, so I ended up not having time to make an episode for that week, and I just didn't have an episode on Friday, so I am sorry about that, uh, for anyone who is looking forward to an episode on Friday. What I decided to do instead, I'm really super duper excited about this, um, is I'm going to let this week be the kickoff for a series I'm going to be doing on our Facebook page. Uh, so this will pr primarily be going on on Facebook. This will not be a part of the Fortress, but I'm letting the sort of premiere episode of this series be uh, on the fortress. So usually this will be on Facebook. So if you want to watch the rest of this series after this episode, uh, follow us on Facebook and that's where you will be getting all of that. But, um, today I wanted to do something a little bit special to sort of make up for, uh, not having an episode on, um, Friday. So this is what we're going to do. I am going to start doing commentaries on the entire first season of Young Justice. I might go farther than that. I might go into seasons two and three. Uh, but right now, I really want to do season one of Young Justice. I am super excited about this. Young Justice is one of my favorite shows ever. I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, and I'll be covering two episodes of Young Justice per commentary video. So... Uh, for instance, today the pilot is a two-parter, so I'll be covering both parts in the video uh, in this commentary. And moving forward, I'll be doing two episodes per video. Now, on Facebook, there will be two episodes. Um, there, will, uh, there will only be two episodes of Young Justice covered in each video. However, this episode of The Fortress will cover the first four episodes of... Young Justice. And for Facebook, I'll split it up. And um, on Wednesday, the first uh, two episodes uh, of Young Justice, my commentary for those will come out. And on Friday, the second two episodes of Young Justice will come out on Wednesday of this week, uh, which will probably be the only episode of Fortress for this week. Um, I don't know if I'll have time to come up with anything else. But on Wednesday for this week, uh, the commentaries for the first four episodes of Young Justice will be up in one video. So, um, you'll be able to hear my thoughts on the first four episodes, uh, on episodes three and four, earlier than you will be if you're watching on Facebook. That's the plan. I am hoping to get to it. Um, I am super duper excited for all this and cannot wait to get started. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my big, um explanation of everything that I'm going to be doing with this. Um, like I said, right now I'm only anticipating doing the first season, but I might go farther than that. I haven't watched through all of season three yet, so I don't know if I'll go all the way 
but I'm super excited about this. And uh, once we get to the Facebook exclusive episodes, uh, there will be video of me uh, while I'm doing while I'm doing this. So there will be a webcam going while I'm doing this. Uh, so yeah, super duper excited to be doing this. Cannot cannot wait to get started. Um, I am watching uh, this on uh, DC Universe. I don't really think there's any difference wh whether it's Blu-ray or anything like that. I'm just watching it on DC Universe. Uh, if you want to watch along with me, get it up however you want to watch it and get ready to press play whenever I say go. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm super excited about doing this. Cannot wait. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump straight into it and get started. Get ready to press play right now. Hopefully I don't have any sort of like connection issues. DC Universe can be a bit weird with that. So we'll see how this does. Um, but yeah, this might be my favorite superhero show. I don't know if I want to go exactly that far because it, it it's, it's competing with Daredevil season one as for my favorite, but Man, I love this show. So, specifically this first season. Um, so I'm super duper excited to be talking about this. I don't hate their Mr. Freeze design, but it's not great. It's not my favorite Mr. Freeze. I love the Robin costume in this. I know that's not... Um, I know that's not Dick Grayson's traditional costume. I know that his is traditionally the red and green. I don't care. This costume looks great and I love it. Um, it's kind of the definitive Robin costume in my opinion. I love this opening scene with all the ice villains. Icicle Jr. <sighs> so this opening bit's a little bit filler and I don't want to leave too much open space. So I'll go ahead and talk about my history with I don't want to say that this opening is filler. I kind of immediately realized my problem with that. Um, it's not filler, but it's um, it's not super important that you're paying attention to everything that's going on. Um, but my his, um, I forgot exactly what I was going to say. Um, I actually have not always been a big DC fan. Um, of course, now I love DC, and DC is one of my favorite things. But um, I grew up with Marvel, and Marvel was, like, always my thing. I was always a Spider-Man, Fantastic Four-type person. I loved that stuff growing up. Um, and I never really got into DC stuff. Um, and then, of course, once Avengers came out... Um, Avengers, and then just sort of the advent of the MCU... I was like a Marvel purist. Um, I was like, 
oh my gosh, it can't, um, I was like, you can't beat Marvel, DC, it's, it sucks, I was like a angsty 11 year old that thought I was so cool for going against DC and whatnot, um, I don't remember exactly what it was that made me realize, oh yeah, DC's actually pretty cool, I actually really like DC, um, but Young Justice was one of those things. Um, it was one of the first things from DC I started watching. Um, I think Justice League predates this a little bit. I think I started watching Justice League before this. I'm trying to remember back. I think I started watching Justice League. But I didn't even get through the whole first season of Justice League before I started watching this. And fell in love with this show. And I think I watched this before... <laughs> I think I watched this before Flash started, uh, which Flash was a big thing for me as well. This and Flash and the Arkham games were kind of the big things for me that got me into DC. Um, though I didn't play the Arkham games until later. Uh, I need to get back into those. I haven't finished Arkham City yet, which is weird. I'm not a huge gamer, so like it's hard for me to get motivated to sit down and play anything. But I need to finish Arkham City. Because I loved what I played of it. <laughs> I love that joke about uh, Speedy and Flash and everything. That's really funny. Um, but yeah, this is so... This show is so influential to my view of DC. Um, and just sort of how I'm... A fan of DC, what I love from it. Uh, this is really super influential to me. Um, and I've never watched through this whole season more than once. I only watched through it the one time. Uh, back when it was on Netflix. Um, several years ago. Like I said, I think that was before Flash even started. Which is weird to think that's been almost six years at this point. That's just absolutely insane. Um... But I'm so excited to go back through this. Because I've watched a couple episodes at random here and there. Um, I've watched the pilot a couple of times. I watched um, the finale once or twice. I think I even watched uh, the Haley's Circus episode multiple times. Uh, but I've never watched through the whole show more than once. And a, a majority of the episode... A majority of the episodes I've only seen once. So I'm... Super excited to go through it all the way through again. <laughs> I like the idea of the of the Hall of Justice being a um, sort of a tourist destination. I think that's really funny. I'm kind of curious to see what the timeline is of this being a full um, DC universe. Because, um, because Robin, or Dick Grayson's still Robin at this point, but the Justice League's been operating for a while. So I wonder if, like, the Justice League formed pre Dick Grayson being Robin or anything like that, um, 
actually kind of interested to see what, um, to see what the timeline is. I mean, it's not super important. It's not like it messes up my viewing of this or anything, but it's just kind of interesting. Roy's arc in this, I think is awesome. And I'm not going to start spoiling later stuff quite yet. But at the same time, is anyone listening to this that hasn't watched Young Justice? I was originally going to have a, uh, someone on here. Uh, I didn't have a co-host yet. Uh, but I originally wanted to do it with someone who uh, had a never seen um, Young Justice. And I wanted... I wanted them to watch it through the first time on this, but I was like, this is such a dense show with such a tight continuity and it's so full of little details and form things later. You can't watch this while talking over it. You just can't. Plus, I kind of want to be able to spoil things later. So I guess I'll go and just do spoilers, like... Um, like if you're watching this, I'm assuming you've seen Young Justice, or you don't care. So, um, yeah, I'll just go into spoilers. Um, but I love Roy's arc in this. The reveal of him at the end, I think is great. Um, of him being a clone of the real Roy Harper. I did not see that coming, and it was legitimately shocking when it happened. Um... But it didn't feel like it came out of nowhere either. And we'll talk about that more once we get to that part of the season. But, um, but I just love how that all plays out. I wonder if they use Cadmus because of... Because of um, JLU. Because the thing that everybody knows about JLU is the Cadmus arc. Which I'd like to go through... And do commentaries on as well of the Cadmus arc and JLU. But I wonder if that's um, why they chose Cadmus for this. Because I don't know really anything about Cadmus in the comics. I don't know if Cadmus really is this big. Or if it was kind of this minor thing before JLU. And then um, Young Justice decided to reuse it because they do similar things. I wonder if that's kind of the point I think um, this version of Aqualad was invented for this show because I know that there's another Aqualad um, from the original Teen Titans both comics and show but um Flash Boy um <laughs> But um, I think they made up this version of Aqualad. Either that or he's a very minor character from the comics. I can't remember. Um, I haven't seen him in anything. No, I take that back. He has like two panels in DC Rebirth. Where he appears in uh, the DC Rebirth issue. Um, he has like two panels where he pops up. Um, but I don't think he appears... In much other than that. I am by no means a comic book expert. Um, by the way. I am still very new in my love for uh, comics. 
it's been forever since I've watched this all the way through. Like I mentioned that I've come back to um, the pilot a couple times, but even then it's been four or five years since I watched the pilot all the way through the two part pilot. So I'm like, so a lot of this is very unfamiliar to me. Trying to remember back to a lot of this. Um, I mentioned earlier that I, I wanted to have a co-host on this. Uh, Michael has seen this and is a big fan, so I, I'd i be open to... Or I'd love for him to do an episode or two of this with me. But um, both of our internets suck, so getting connected. We tried it a couple times, and it's just not possible. So unless we're together, like physically in the same room, we just can't do this type of stuff. Which is really unfortunate. Commercial break. Like I said, this is one of my first exposures to DC. So, like, this whole thing, I was just like, what the heck is going on? I'm trying to think back to who my favorite character in this might be. Um, because season two is a big step down from this first season. It's not terrible or nothing, but... Like, this first season is just one of the best things ever. And season two just doesn't match that same level of greatness, in my opinion. Um, and I don't think... Um, I didn't love what I saw of season three. I got... I don't even think I got halfway through it. Um, I didn't hate it, but... It wasn't my favorite thing ever. I didn't think it was... It was better than season two, but again, I just... I just didn't love it. Kind of looks like a... That guy kind of looks like Blue Devil. Oh, I was talking about favorite characters. Um, I get sidetracked really easily. Um, it would probably be Kid Flash. And I'm interested to see if that changes in this watch through. I'm such a big Flash fan. Flash is my favorite DC superhero and one of my favorite superheroes of all time. Um, it's, it's hard for me to say whether... Which version it is, whether it's Barry or Wally. Um... But I love their Kid Flash. The Kid Flash in this is great. I'm watching it with subtitles and they got the subtitles wrong. Um, I wonder how true that is. The idea of the Cadmus myth. I, I don't... I'm surprised I haven't researched that at this point. Kryptonian. 
Isn't um Guardian the name? <laughs> Isn't a uh, Guardian the name that uh, Jimmy Olsen uses in what's it called? Supergirl? Um, using Guardian is a really good choice because he's connected there to Roy Harper. Like, I think they're cousins. Cousins or something like that. But I know that they're, like, related. So it's smart to use him as character in this. Uh, sort of a somewhat villainous threat. Though not really since he is mind-controlled. Rob. Love that. I like how they're like, um, I forgot that this showed that the whole 52 thing, that everything post New 52 had to do. Actually, this was pre New 52. I think when it started, but like around this time, like everything had to do 52, like 52 is just the most important number for some odd reason. I was saying something before that, but I forgot what it was. Um, I get sidetracked, like I said. I like how they like immediately in over their head and like immediately realize, oh crap, we're kind of got involved in something too big for what uh, we should have been doing. Bigger than we can handle. Um, but of course they also know that they can't call for help or just bail out. So they have to stick with it. And um, Good job, Wally. Um, they just have to keep uh, going and keep fighting to get out of there while still trying to solve this mystery because they know that they can't call for the league or call for help or anything. Robin's like really weirdly overpowered in his hacking skills in this show. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Superboy. So this is the definitive Superboy for me. I know that Superboy kind of have a, has a bunch of different iterations. Um, this is, of course, my first exposure to Superboy. Um, being, like I said, where I learned a lot about the DC Universe, this show. Um, so... Uh, so this version of Superboy is what I know the best, and he, he, he's the one I think of when I think of Superboy. 
Um, I don't typically think of um, Jonathan Kent, and I especially don't think of a young Superman from the 50s comics, where it's just young Clark Kent living out as Superman, as Superboy. This is really what I think of as Superman. Debacle, really? That's the best word you could use to describe it? Board of the Directors. That the light. That couldn't possibly end poorly. That animation was so good. I mean, I always remember this show having great animation, but... I didn't realize, I didn't remember it being that good. Uh, the most recent thing I watched of this show was uh, season three, and the animation is so downhill from what it was. It's amazing. Like this seat, like this fight scene is so dynamic and so smooth. It's great. So can Aqualad, like, uh, what is it, charge electricity or something like that? It's neat. Alright, so first episode is over. Alright, so um, if you're going to be watching yeah, let Young me take Justice, a quick season pause one, real quick. Episode two, go ahead titled Fireworks. You guys get your, with me. Uh, please episodes two get it ready and going press and I'll play get mine when I say go. We'll be back All right. in just a ready, moment. Set, All right. go. I'm actually recording this the next day because I had technical difficulties recording it last night. So, you're watching, or you're listening to, a day older me. So this is our first look at the light, and our first, our sort of idea of what they are. Of course, we still have no idea who the members are. We have no idea that it's Vandal Savage, and Lex Luthor, and Ra's al Ghul. Is this Doctor, uh, voiced by Jeffrey Combs? It sounds like he is. It sounds like he has that voice. 
I know him from uh, Transformers Prime, where he does the voice of Ratchet. Oh yeah, that's definitely him. So he's going to make clones of the kids. I like how that's kind of foreshadowing of what happened with Roy Harper. Because um, we obviously don't straight up uh, know from this that it's Roy Harper. And Roy Harper's not even there. Um, but them... Talking about cloning the kids, uh, the teens, I think is supposed to be at least somewhat of a foreshadow that Roy um, is a clone. Of course, nothing obvious where you can guess it right off the bat, but it's a fun little piece of foreshadowing. <laughs> That's a weird thing they do in this show where... They try and shorten their names, so it's like uh, KF, and I can't remember what some of the other ones are, but that one just feels weird to me. Uh, it might just be done with um, Kid Flash. But I feel like there are other shorter ways you could, or other ways you can shorten his name without doing something like um, KF or something like that. I like how we get flashes of how Guardian is a good person. Um, so that way when his eventual turn... I think he turns against Cadmus. I can't quite remember. But, um... I like that line. Um, but, um... But when Guardian eventually does turn, which I think he does... Um... It doesn't feel so out of place. It doesn't feel out of place because we know he's a good guy and not uh, an actual Cadmus uh, purist, I guess. I like how Superboy isn't your typical clone. Like he already knows things about the world. He's already um, he already understands some of human culture and understands how they work. Not fully, but like he's not completely unaware or completely out of uh, fish out of water type thing like he is a bit but he's more advanced he understands things um, that normal humans do uh, he can speak fully which I like uh, that we don't have any sort of broken speech thing going on with him um, yeah I like I like how they handle Superboy being a clone and the way that they build it up I want to know who is part of the Bat family at this point because come season two, Tim Drake's around and we know Jason Todd uh, was a thing. So I want to know like if it was just Batman and Robin at this point. No, they're um, 
Um, we see Barbara later this season, and as far as I know, she's just a normal person. She's not um, some sort of, she's not Batgirl, which I think is interesting. Well, dang. I like how adult this show can be without, I like how um, adult this show can be without being adult. Like, it's not inappropriate for kids, um, but it definitely understands that they're more mature um that there are more mature people watching this. And so it doesn't try and be childish. It keeps a child-friendly um, tone to it. Though I don't know how many kids might enjoy this with how dense it is and how story-driven it is. It's mature in the storytelling, not mature in just random content is what I'm trying to get at. Which I like a lot. The storytelling's mature. The content is, but not adult. It's just mature. Capital M, mature. I like that Ari has some sarcasm and a sense of humor to him. I love the banter between uh, the kids. Especially these three who fe who really do feel like they've been friends for a while. They've known each other for several years, which I like a lot. <laughs> How long throughout the season does that um, running joke keep going? I don't immediately remember how long it sticks. I can't remember if it comes back in later seasons or not. But it's something I always like, and I quote a lot. I like the whole whelmed joke. 42 and 52 are like the two big numbers that come up all the time. Especially in DC, things with 52. D DC just cannot get away from 52. Which is weird, because new 52 was not that good. So it's weird that, that they keep going to new 52 or to 52 as just this number they throw around. I feel like they still do it some. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it still pops up every now and again where I'm just like, why why 52? I want to say there was a 52 reference in Crisis. Uh the uh CW crossover this year. But, um, yeah, especially with DC having apologized, sort of, for, um, New 52 when Crisis hit, it's, it's a bit weird. I forgot that he was able to fly a little bit at the start, but he doesn't get that. Or, but he's not able to keep that later on. 
I hate elevators. I, if I have the option to use elevators or stairs, I will not, I will use the stairs because I hate elevators. It's like, um, it's like Ferris wheels in movies where, um, where, um, in movies and TV shows, uh, Ferris wheels are just never good. They always end terribly. It's like that with elevators. Very rarely does anything good ever happen in an elevator. Happens more often than, um... It happens more often than Ferris wheels, but, like, elevators still aren't good. I think I mentioned this when I was recording the first episode, but, like, Robin feels really overpowered with his hacking skills. Like, it's crazy. They can't use Batman in every episode to have the most overpowered character ever, so they need to have Robin take that place. Oh yeah, this is Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> there are a couple lines where I'm just like, oh no, that is so obviously Jeffrey Combs. Which is fine. I like him a lot, but I could tell. <laughs> I feel like crud's not something you can say in a kid's show. Like I felt like I feel like that was kind of a big deal, them saying crud, which I think is really funny. I don't think they say anything worse than that, <laughs> but I just didn't think you could say that because there are like these weird limits to what you can and can't say in kid shows. That feels a little bit, I don't know. I don't quite know if I buy him putting everything into place to bring those characters. I don't know if he was specifically going for those characters, but, or those specific people, but, um, I don't know. I still feel like that is a bit convenient. Doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Blockbuster. Forgot about that. I misremembered this. I thought that was a mammoth that he turned into. But it's Blockbuster. That is, like, really gruesome for a kid's show. That's awesome. 
I don't know how I like, um, I'm not usually a big fan of really interesting just personal villain turning into a big punchy monster villain by the end. Um, I hate it in Arkham Asylum where Joker at the end just becomes giant monster. I don't like that. Um, the worst for me is in season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the halfway point when uh, they're still in the future on the satellite or on the space station when I think his name is Cassilius. It's been a while since I've watched that season, but um, him, when he kind of just turns into a rage monster by the end, I was like, he was such a good villain. Why did he have to turn him into just nothing but a rage monster? What kind of kindergarten did he go to? I love Aqualad's powers, being able to morph water into weapons. I think that's such a cool power. Um, that is totally what I would use as a power. Or what I would have. I mean, super speed's still my favorite power. And I would have super speed any day above anything else. But, um, I think Aqualad's powers are really cool, too. Uh, I still don't like the KF thing. That whole thing's weird. I don't know what else you would call him in a situation like this, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> Beating the supervillain with the gat your nose trick. I love it. Oh, you get it? They reference the Hulk. That was a weird line. That's a really clever scheme they got uh, working up there. I like how it feels like they're, at points, they're in actual danger. Um, like, I don't just have the typical thing where I'm like, oh, well, of course they're going to make it out of here, all right. I mean, it's the pilot, so I know that the main characters are going to be fine. But there's still some tension. There's still some feeling of a bit of danger, which I like quite a bit. For sure. They're alive. That can't be good.
entire... I love the thing with uh, Captain Marvel this season. Um, we'll talk more about when we get into more Captain Marvel-centric episodes, but it's it's awesome. I think it's interesting how they're already at kind of a JLU point in the Justice League. Like, I want to know who the founding members of this league were. Um, because I'm not entirely sure we get... Um, confirmation on that. I remember being a little bit weird out at how Superman treats Superboy this season. I'm interested to see how I turn around on that. I like how all this informs Superboy's arc and how his his progression through the season is just trying to be like Superman. There's 52 again. I like how they're able to do this without any of this stuff feeling like disrespectful or anything like that. Um, I feel like it would be really easy to make this feel super angsty and super just teen disrespect and And it just doesn't. It feels natural and right. I like how they were able to do that. Is Mount Justice um, something from the comics? I don't know if it was invented for this or not. I love the use of Red Tornado in this. Um, <laughs> huh. um, Red Tornado is not a character I ever really cared about before this, but came away really liking. Love Wally immediately jumping in and flirting. I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
And it's this moment here where we immediately realize what the pairing's gonna be. Forgot about this part. Sorry for being quiet, but I just forgot about this scene and I'm trying to Everyone sees the light. It's a cool line. Alright, so that is Season 1, Episode 2 of Young Justice. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break here real quick. Um, if you are watching on Facebook, this is the end of uh, my first set of commentaries. Um, this should be up on Wednesday, Part uh, 2, consisting of episodes. My commentaries for episode three and four will be out on uh, Friday on Facebook. And then after that, this will be a Facebook series. Um, if you are watching or if you are listening on any sort of podcast uh, device like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that, uh, uh, on Wednesday, you will have access to all four commentaries. So I'm about to get that set up and get ready to watch it. Um, if you're listening on Facebook, Hope you enjoy. Super excited to be getting into this. And I will listen or I'll talk to you all again on uh, Friday with my commentaries for episodes three and four. Talk to you all later. Bye bye. All right, everyone. So if you are listening to this on Facebook, hello everyone. You're listening to this on Friday. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you are listening to this on uh, Wednesday, that means or uh, uh, on any sort of podcast app like Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything like that, you're listening to this on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to us, uh, for following us, and everything like that. I just thank you. Um, and yeah. Uh, super excited to get back into Young Justice. We're watching ep Season 1, Episode 3, Welcome to Happy Harbor. Um, if you're watching this on Facebook, this will be Episode uh, 2 of our Watch Through series. Um, this one will consist of this episode and Episode 4, so we're really excited about that. If you're watching it, get uh, to Episode 3, Timestamp 00, with wherever you're watching it, whether it's DC Universe, on any sort of Blu-ray or DVD, anything like that, and get ready to press play when I say now. You ready? Alright. Ready, set, now. <clears throat> so we're past the pilot, and we are back to, or, uh, into regular episodes, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited to get into just sort of regular character building type stuff. Is that a 
what's his name, Brick? <laughs> yeah, he comes back in season three, I think. It's one of the episodes I did watch of season three, where again, he's facing off against Roy Harper, a couple different versions of Roy. I don't know if this same voice actor from that, um, because in that season he sounds a lot more like Cyborg from the TV show, uh, not from this, because for some reason they've got the actor who voices Cyborg in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, but they don't get him to play Cyborg, which is weird. I'm ultimately glad they didn't end up pairing uh, Wally with uh, Megan. Um, I like her and Superboy together, though I really don't like the um, the path they take with that in Season 2. I think that stuff's really awful. Um, but I like them a lot in this season. And then, of course, I ultimately end up liking uh, Wally and Artemis together. I like the way they sort of subtly hint something not being right with Roy throughout the season. Um, I like how they slowly build that up. Um, you'll not necessarily know early on that there is something wrong with him until you get a bit later on into the season when you start seeing the hints become more obvious. Um, and then, of course, in the season finale when it's revealed He's a clone of the real Roy Harper. Um, but I like how there are very subtle hints towards that. So Dick and Wally are uh, one and three. I guess Aqualad would be two. Something only I care about. The first part of the pilot I've seen multiple times, but everything after that I've seen most on, most of the other episodes I've only seen once. So I'm still trying to like remember what all happens and everything. I love that red tornado. He's awesome. There's this kid at my church, he's like seven, and Red Tornado, of all characters, is his favorite superhero. I don't understand it. It's amazing. I was shocked the first time I asked him. I was like, hey, what's your favorite superhero? He's like, Red Tornado. I'm like, Red Tornado? Really? I mean, that's not a bad choice, but it's okay. So I read way too deeply into things like this. Um, <laughs> but uh, the scanner, when it says B1 something, B0, 
Um, <clears throat> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the um, organizing is um, in the Justice League to try and get an idea of who the original. I'm assuming seven because Justice League always seems to do original seven. How is she the one that knows the entire history? I guess she probably stayed up on it and everything. Sort of, kind of. Get it? She's a bad cook. Small moments like this are so few and far between that I find them weird and... I haven't watched this episode since the first, uh, since the first time, so I totally missed, uh, that foreshadowing. That's awesome. That's what I love so much about this show, is just the little moments they, um they see so early on that you never think twice of and then it comes back and it's such an important thing I, I love that that's awesome I was saying something about the cookies bit but I couldn't remember kind of wonder what the um status status quo of um the status quo of mars is and the martians are in this universe because um everyone or no one questions that just another green martian is around um, and of course it's a big reveal later when she's a white Martian, um, but just makes me wonder if, how much of, a Martian Manhunter's backstory, uh, traditional backstory is intact for this seat, for the show. cool idea for a spaceship and the CG they use for it doesn't look bad either um, I'm usually not a big fan of integrating CG into tra traditionally animated stuff like this but I like it I think it works well hmm. <clears throat> tornado just approves of all this that's funny. But the ship flying looks great. <laughs> huh. Um. But yeah, 
the animation with the ship flying looks great. <clears throat> I'm trying not to let there be so much dead air, but again, I haven't watched this in a while. <laughs> That's awesome. It's lines like that where I just, uh, the one that I was laughing about a minute ago, where I'm like, kids aren't going to necessarily think about that, but I like that for the, um, just a really funny joke for the adults. I also love Wally trying to hit on Miss Martian and, um, and Robin just shooting him down and giving all this embarrassing facts about him. I think that's awesome. It really makes it feel like they have a good long-running friendship. And I like that. I totally buy that they've been friends for a couple of years. Which is something that a lot of shows like this don't tend to get um, done super well. Don't tend to do is I don't always necessarily buy that these characters have been friends, but Young Justice nails that I totally buy that, um, especially Robin and Kid Flash have been friends for as long as they have. I totally buy that friendship. I totally buy the friendships that develop over the course of the show and the season and everything, so that's awesome. It's a Batman thing. <laughs> really, he just went in. No suit, no gadgets, nothing. Just. It's my favorite version of Robin. Mr. Twister. Such a stupid name. I love it so much. No one makes fun of it. No one makes a joke about how stupid of a name it is. It's just Mr. Twister. And it's great. I love it. I love it when shows and comic book stuff can do that. Not have to make fun or joke about how stupid a name or anything is. Just roll with it. As much as I, as much as I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, that's my biggest issue with them. Is they just can't stop joking about how silly and goofy a lot of that stuff is and I'm like I don't I don't want that I want it to just be played completely seriously I love Aquaman um I love in that movie where they just say stuff like Ocean Master and like no one jokes about it it's just totally normal thing for them to say it's great anyway back to the show but that's something they do in this show constantly, like with Mr. Twister. Such a stupid sounding name, but no one jokes about it. It's just, that's his name, and it's awesome.
feel like I recognize Mr. Twister's voice from something, but I can't immediately pinpoint it. It's kind of annoying. That's not, um... No, I don't, th I don't know. I was originally going to say, um... Kevin Michael Richardson, but I don't know if that's him or not. It kind of sounds vaguely like him. I didn't comment on the Hello Megan thing earlier. I know a lot of people were really irritated, got really irritated with it earlier on, and then once they figured out where it led to, they were like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. It didn't bother me too much early on. I just kind of rolled with it. Um, I didn't love it or nothing, and it did get annoying in some instances, but like, but like overall, I thought, whatever, and then of course, when we see where it goes, and what the payoff to it is, that's why I'm like, okay, that's really cool. forgot how dynamic these fight scenes are they're so good I know I always think of like the big fight scenes but even these smaller ones are great the animation on Mr. Twister is awesome Wouldn't be hiding under an invisible jet? An invisible spaceship be like pointless? I don't know, I feel like that wouldn't do you any good at all. That's a little... Um, I don't know. It's a little inconvenient. Good job, Wally. That's not how you try to, um, try to impress the girl. Eh, you're inexperienced. Get out of here. I feel like this is the type of thing that most shows would typically do. This type of, um, questioning the, um, team uh, a bit. I feel like that's something that um, shows would do later on in the season. I like that they're doing it so early on where they're still not sure if they can work together um, and deal with each other because a lot of times shows will do it later on and it's like, well, you've had all this time together where you've developed these relationships with each other and these friendships and these bonds. I don't really buy that you'd be questioning uh questioning the team so late on I like that they're doing it so early where you know three of them have already been friends have been working together but um 
Superboy's brand new, and so is uh, Miss Martian. So I don't know. I like that. I think it's nice to get that sort of story out of the way early on when it makes more sense. All this looks so good. It's it's so smooth. That's what I like about it. This is just such a smooth fight scene, which a lot of these don't typically do have. So. I like how the voice actress is able to shift between the um is able to shift between the super um naive super um super naive super um um trying to think of the word um naive sort of uh kindly type voice um and then get to the more stern, serious stuff, and it still be believable that's the same character. Uh, I think that voice actress does a really good job at that. I can't immediately remember her name, um, but I think she does such a, a really good job portraying this character. And Miss Martian's one of those characters I keep wanting to see pop up in other things, but it's like, this is the only thing where she seems to pop up. I know that she was in Supergirl for... Um, for a season, but, or for maybe not even a full season, maybe just part of a season. Um, so I'm not, I think she pops up in Scott Snyder's Justice League run as well. I haven't read all of it. Um, that's a run I'm waiting for it to finish before I um, read the rest of it. I read the first volume, uh, the first trade, and really enjoyed it, but it's such a dense heavy book. I'm not reading it until it's all finished. Um, <clears throat> but I think she pops up there. And, she, and again, I keep wanting her to pop up in things because she's a really cool character. Um, we just don't do anything with her. Unfortunately. It's another voice actor I kind of immediately recognize. <laughs> Even the image of them doing something like that. Even though he's a robot, like that's still a little surprising they get that in a uh, kid show. I love the souvenir joke. What does that mean? I don't immediately get that line. I 
First time I saw this. The guy looks like Tony Stark. Is that also Jeffrey Combs? <laughs> like that voice. There's a little bit of Jeffrey Combs in it. It might be someone else. Is of course setting up the whole red tornado storyline that goes throughout the season um, I, I like how that's kind of a slow burn throughout the season I like how they deal with that Yeah, more respectful. Gosh, Robin. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it was really smart to get that type of story out of the way right off the bat so early on in the season and not build up these characters and these relationships and then out of nowhere say... Um, out of nowhere say uh, now they're questioning whether they can be a team uh, alright so that was the end of episode 3 welcome to Happy Harbor let me get um, episode 4 I think it's how drop zone up real quick uh, let me see just gotta get up right quick Okay, so let's get this going. Alright, so if you're going to watch along with me, get it to timestamp 0000 on Young Justice Season 1, Episode 4, titled Drop Zone. Get ready to press play when I say... Oh, okay, there we go. Press play right now. I think this one has Bane in it, I want to say. Yeah, Santa Prisca. Oh, yeah, there's Bane. <laughs> I don't love their Bane, but he's also not important enough of a character that I really need to be too concerned about it. But their Bane isn't a super big deal or nothing. I wish the uh, freaking subtitles that say spoken in foreign language wouldn't pop up over top the subtitles explaining what the Spanish people are saying. Or what they're saying in, saying in Spanish? Portuguese? Okay, I think this is supposed to be Mammoth. Because when I did the, um... When I mentioned uh, Blockbuster, or when I talked about Blockbuster, I said I misremembered him as Mammoth. I think this is supposed to be Mammoth. That Bane's about to fight. Uh, 
this his first exposure to Venom? Or, I don't know. That's a frightening sequence. Gross sequence. I only know Mammoth from uh, the Teen Titans stuff, whether it's Go or uh, the original show. Neither of which I've watched super often, but um, that's the only place where I know Mammoth from. I'm pretty sure this is Mammoth. It's a brutal fight. Again, going back to my um, praise of all these fight scenes, they do such a good job. Like, you feel the impact of these punches. Hail Hydra. <laughs> like, that's what I think. I don't know what a cobra is like in comics. If it's a, th I'm sure it's a thing. This goes so deep into the DC universe. I can't imagine it making up things for the show. Like this has to be, um, this has to be like every little detail has to be taken from the comics, right? Like this doesn't make up stuff. I don't think Artemis was made up for this. I, I believe she's a comic book character. Um, I believe she's from the comics before this. Who's the voice actor that's as Batman? Should look that up. But um, I like his voice alright. He's not a great Batman. But he's good. Robin. I love um, Robin's arc between him and Aqualad this season about who gets to be the leader. I think that's handled really maturely and um, really well in a way that I don't think a lot of other shows would do. Um, I don't know how it's handled in the original Teen Titans um, TV show, how they handle Robin being the leader of the team there, um, but I know here it's handled really well, and I like it a lot. I love Miss Martian's costume. I think it's awesome. I mean, I like everyone's costume, but she's the one where I'm like n not familiar with it outside of the comics. And I've seen it a, 
or out of the, outside the TV show. Um, but I've seen Miss Martian pop up in a couple other things, and I don't always like how her costume looks. In fact, I usually don't. Um, <laughs> so I like how this show does a lot. Okay, so I want to talk about the subtitles really quick for the uh, DC Universe app. Um, whenever someone moves or something, it says swish. And I keep misreading it as swiss, and I get really confused for a split second. Like, just don't do subtitles for sound effects, please. It, it It's really distracting. Beep, beep. Rustling. My favorite is when they spell out the sound effect. I think that's really funny. <laughs> it's a great pickup line. Great ears. I like the stealth costumes a lot, too. I didn't mention it earlier when they got into them, but I like how they're designed. I like the colors for it. I think the um, stealth suits are really cool. There's this thing with animation, but I don't always buy that kid's Flash. And I have this with Flash and a lot of things too that's animated. I'm just not entirely sure I buy him running that fast, running as fast as he's supposed to be because it just looks slow. I don't know. Bane using a gun is also kind of funny. Like, I don't usually think of Bane as a gun user, but there he is. And immediately they ruin the mission. I like when we get to the point where they start using her mind reading powers as like a team communication thing. I think that's really awesome and I wish we'd use that more. Like I can't think of any other place where I've seen them use Martian telepathy to um, communicate with each other. Like I don't think they did it in the Just League show. They don't use it in uh, Supergirl. Like. I feel like that would be a really useful tool that they just don't use. Hmm. I kind of like the idea of Robin being the youngest member of the t team. Not something I generally think about. Tch. 
Bane being tied up to a tree. I think it's a hilarious image. This was a pre-Dark Knight Rises. I think because this I think this show started like 2010. So yeah, this would be pre-Dark Knight Rises. The idea of this coming out in a world where we don't have the Tom Hardy Bane voice is amazing. Um, this is one of the last times Bane will ever be able to be taken seri completely seriously. Which is weird. Um, like even Bane and this is kind of feel a little easily, but it's still better than the amazing Tom Hardy voice. Which has ruined Bane for me. I can never read a comic again without hearing that voice in my head whenever I'm reading Bane. Um, Tom King's I Am Bane, not nearly as threatening as it should be just because I have that voice going in my head. Like I said, it's my fault. It's my fault that that's what's going on because I could just choose not to read that voice, but I can't. It's amazing. Again, I love the whole conflict with Robin wanting to be a leader but not being ready and how they deal with all that with Aquaman or um, Aqua Lad eventually stepping up and being having to take the role of leader on until Robin is ready because Robin's the natural leader. I love all of that. Um, I love how early on these episodes feel so filler. I was just thinking about that. They feel so filler. Like you don't think that this is ultimately going to be super important. But eventually all of this ropes back around in some way to the um, to the um, overarching story of the season. And I love that. <laughs> I don't immediately have a ton to say about all this, but it's hard doing commentaries on things I've seen before, but like I don't immediately remember everything about. I want to believe that him getting that candy bar went down similar to the scene in Jurassic Park 3, where, um, Gosh, who was it? Which character was it that tried to um, get something out of a, uh, a vending machine, but then couldn't? And then, wasn't it Dr. Grant who came up and was able to successfully... It's been forever since I've watched Jurassic Park 3. Um, so, like, I can't tell you what's going on there, but that's what this reminds me of. Who would have thought Sportsmaster would be such an important villain? Again, like the Mr. Twister thing, Sportsmaster, how is that, I just, I think that's awesome.
I like how they immediately treat Sportsmaster with a level of threat, like they're thinking, oh no, Sportsmaster's the buyer, we gotta call him the league. Like, you don't typically do that type of thing, especially with a character called Sportsmaster. I love that. Just sense of threat they immediately put onto the character. It just occurred to me that if this came out in 2010, this show's 10 years old this year. I'll check that once I'm done watching this to see if it's 2010. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's 2010. Gosh, tired. Uh-oh. Can she face through things yet? Have we seen that happen? I can't remember if we have or not. Yeah, I like that um, Wally and McGann don't end up getting up, uh, getting together, I mean. I like him with um, Artemis better. I don't know who that character is. Um, I'm not familiar with whoever she is supposed to be. Um, I don't know about that one. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that's Mammoth. I just can't figure out the other one. I like Mammoth's design, too. It's sort of the torn flesh on him. That's real distinct. I don't know if this feels cheap, like they're going back to... um. And doing something they did before, or if it's them learning from uh, a previous battle and building upon that. I think it's more that. Aqualad immediately feels like the perfect um, person to be the leader while Robin's not ready. I like that Robin... Um, I like how Robin is so willing to pass up that role. Like It makes him feel more mature than he probably would if he was trying to get um, the leadership role. And I like how Aqualad knows Robin should be a leader, but but um, knows that he's not ready for it yet. So he's got to take that uh, uh, mantle onto himself, so that way Robin can be re eventually be ready to be a leader. I like that whole arc a lot.
That's right. They're um, it's the blockbuster formula they're uh, selling. I missed that line. That's how it all ties it back together. Is that it's blockbuster that they're selling. It's Bane. Burn. I can't. I can't do a good Tom Hardy Bane voice. I like this voice of Bane. He sounds threatening, and I feel like this is probably the last threatening Bane voice we've got. We haven't gotten too many versions of Bane, but this is probably the last voice of Bane we've seen because everything post um post uh rises that's used Bane as far as I know has been a comedy so like we've always gotten a riff on the Bane voice like a Batman does it apparently the Harley Quinn show does it um like everything does the Tom Hardy Bane voice so I think that's really interesting that this might be the last serious Bane we've gotten uh, on film before, or on film or television prior to The Dark Knight. Didn't Gotham do Bane, now that I'm thinking about it? I never watched Gotham, but didn't they do Bane? Because, you know, we have to do all of the Batman stuff before Bruce is even Batman. I like the souvenir joke, too. I think that's really funny. I don't know that character from anything. I, I, I honestly can't even really tell you his name or anything. Um, but yeah. Genshi Faze... Like, can she not phase yet? Because I feel like that would solve a lot of their issues if she would just phase. Well, that's a little dirty. Of course, it's to a bad guy, so it doesn't matter. But... And there goes Bane's factory. <laughs> huh. That's awesome. Quite literally vanishing into the dark. Robin's got it all figured out. That's how it's done. I haven't mentioned this before. I love the use of um, timestamps and um, locations. 
I like that bit from Batman. Humanizes him pretty well. That's the, uh, that's the brain, right? I like seeing it all tie back into the light. Alrighty. So, yeah, that's the end of episode four of season one. I've been really enjoying doing these commentaries, and I can't wait to get back into it because... Like I said, Young Justice is my favorite show ever. Or, not my favorite show ever. But, it's probably my favorite animated show. I'm, I'm loving watching it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, whether you're listening on Wednesday on any sort of podcast app. Or, um, uh, um, Friday on Facebook. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. And... Yeah, I cannot wait to do this again. I don't know exactly what day I'm going to be doing this on or how often I'll be doing it. I'm going to try to do it weekly on top of the podcast, um, but I'm not sure. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all again later. All right? Bye-bye.